and welcome back to Literally Heinous. Um, special episode this week, we're talking about Ozempic and we are having my stepdad on. He's a gastroenterologist and he's going to talk to us about Ozempic. Um, but before we get to the interview, I just want to talk a little bit about the drug briefly and some of the celebrity components behind it. So people started buzzing about Ozempic in summer of 2022. That was when everyone started talking about it. And I don't know about you guys. I know that my social media channels are like super celebrity heavy, obviously. Like I definitely see a thread about it or a comment about it in pretty much every comment section, Reddit thread, like Twitter thread, like anything I'm reading about celebrities, like it's all anyone is talking about. So people started talking about it after Kim Kardashian going to the Met Gala wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress. So Kim famously said during one of the interviews that she knew that in order to fit into the dress, she needed to lose 16 pounds in three weeks, which is a pretty heavy undertaking. And she got really, really little. I think that for the Kardashians, they've always been like curvy and thick. We forget how like actually tiny they are, like really short. But and at least for me, I think that every time I see Kim, she has never looked smaller. Like in all the times that she's been famous, she's looking tiny. So she was able to fit into the dress. And that, by the way, like never really bothered me. A lot of people like got really up in arms about how she lost weight so quickly and like how dangerous that is. And she likened it to how celebrities will lose weight for roles. I'm thinking like um, Matthew McConaughey and Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club. I think like Killian Murphy lost a lot of weight for Oppenheimer. But it's a pretty normal thing for celebrities to undergo like big roles and really important like um, roles and then losing weight for that. And that is how she described it. And I was like, honestly, that's fine. I think people are going to be talking about Kim K and the Marilyn Monroe dress as it like that's just going to be a staple thing in pop culture. So then the word Ozempic starts popping up and Ozempic is a weight loss drug. And then people really start getting into it. And now any celebrity, like anyone that loses weight, the first comments are like Ozempic. But there's actually two different drugs. Um, So Ozempic and Wegovy, they're actually not different. They're the same drug, the same manufacturer. Um, Ozempic is approved for type 2 diabetes weight loss and Wigovi is approved for weight loss period and the only difference is that they have um, a different amount of semaglutide in each pin but they are the same drug but when people say Ozempic I think what they really mean is Wigovi. Wigovi is more likely what celebrities are taking. Um, It's more expensive and you don't need to be like confirmed, like doctor's note type two diabetic to take Wigovi. So it's a really hot topic. Who's on Ozempic slash Wigovi? How are people losing weight so quickly if they are? Um, And very few celebrities have opened up about it. And the ones that have, have pretty much said that it made them sick. So the first one is Elon Musk. He confirmed on Twitter that he was on Wigovi. Um, And he sounded like he had pretty positive things to say about it, helped him lose weight and get ripped, I guess. Um, Amy Schumer said that she was on Ozempic, but it made her really sick and nauseous and she couldn't play with her son, so she stopped taking it. Influencer Remy Bader said that she was pre-diabetic and was on Ozempic, but she got off of it and gained all of the weight back plus more and will not get back on it. 
Chelsea Handler on Call Her Daddy said that her anti-aging doctor was handing them out and she didn't know what it was. She took it, felt sick and stopped taking it. Um, so those are the main people that come up when you Google like people that have confirmed been taking it. But we know that there's definitely more. So some rumored celebrities, um, of course, Kim Kardashian. I don't know if like she's still on it. Honestly, my gut feeling for Kim says that she took it for the Marilyn Monroe dress. It worked and she is like such a healthy person and maintains a healthy lifestyle that she is able to like keep the weight off. Not that she needed to keep any weight off, but I wouldn't be surprised if she wasn't on it. Um, Khloe Kardashian, she's been like really losing weight and getting pretty tiny since before people started talking about Ozempic, but maybe she was like an early pioneer of it. She has denied it. Um, Mindy Kaling is kind of like the face of Ozempic when people look to weight loss. She said that she's not on it. Um, and I'm a huge Mindy Kaling fan. Like I've been following her forever. Like I always just follow her and she's always like been eating healthy and working out. And I've read all of her memoirs, like everything that she's like produced, like I've read or watched. She's always just talked about being overweight her whole life and just trying to be healthy, but nothing's working. And then if you look up pictures, like look up Mindy Kaling 2018, Mindy Kaling now, you can definitely see that she's lost a lot of weight over the last like, I would say three years, like two, three years, she's been getting pretty tiny. Um, and this, there's another like internet rumor. I don't know... I think it's a joke, maybe like a rumor with no backing, but people say that she was hosting Ozempic parties at her house because it's a weekly shot. I don't know the truth to that. Honestly, Mindy Kaling has like two little kids. She seems like a really active mom. She seems really busy. I don't know. She just doesn't strike me as the type, but again, I love her. Okay, so that is all that I can dig up right now without like falsely accusing too many people because I definitely don't want to do that. That's just what people are saying. We will now transition into the interview with Dr. Michael Columbus. We have a very special guest on the episode. Today we're talking about Ozempic and our guest is Dr. Michael Columbus, my stepdad. Hi, Michael. How are you guys doing? I will speak on behalf of the heinous listeners. We are doing great and so excited. You're the first like science person that we've ever had on the podcast. So thank you so much for being here and providing your expertise it's my pleasure and honor and privilege to uh, be part of the show <laughs> so before we start could you just explain um what you do for work and what kind of specialty you're in i'm a, a gastroenterologist and hepatologist and uh so i take care of a lot of uh, general gi diseases uh people know of inflammatory bowel disease and ulcer disease and some of the, you know, more mundane complaints that people will come in with, with uh, my stomach hurts, I've got constipation, but my real subspecialty is in liver disease. And uh, right now, the number one cause of elevated liver enzymes in the United States is fatty liver disease. And so this uh, topic that we're broaching on uh, has a lot to do with uh, th that particular facet of what I treat. So what is fatty liver disease? Fatty liver disease is where you have extra fat produced by the liver and stored in the liver inappropriately. And the fat will irritate the liver and induce inflammation, uh, probably by the production of what we call free radicals, 
uh, that are toxic to the cells. And that leads to scarring in the liver and can lead to liver cirrhosis and end-stage liver disease. Yeah. So, well, we're here today to talk about Ozempic. So I will provide a little background. So Ozempic comes from a Danish pharmaceutical company called Novo Nordisk. It was approved by the FDA in 2017 and launched in 2018, which is like five years ago at this point, which seems like a really long time ago. So I know like medicines, they take a really long time to not only get approved, but then to become mainstream. Is this like a normal timeline, do you think? Absolutely, because a lot of new medicines that hit the market are not going to be initially uh, endorsed by insurance carriers necessarily. They're going to want to see what the safety profile of the medication is, what its real efficacy is. Uh, and then as it proves itself, you generate more coverage. Uh, prescribing physicians get to be a little more comfortable using it. Mm-hmm. So there is kind of this uh, uh, initial release where the medicine may not be used uh, that much. And then over a period of time, as people get more comfortable with prescribing it and how it's uh, dosed, uh, the, the utilization increases. Yeah. So I, my main exposure to like pharmaceutical world is Dope Sick. Did you ever watch that show? I did not. Oh, okay. Well, my mom and I were obsessed with it and it was all about, um, what was it? Oxycontin. And um, so a lot of times the doctors would get like incentives, either like money or not by prescribing Oxycontin. Do you think there was anything similar with Ozempic? Not that I'm aware of. I am aware of the uh, Oxycontin uh, history. Yeah. Um, I think there have been a lot of, you know, regulations that have been in place since uh, that era. Okay. Uh, that, that reduces the pharmaceutical reps' influence on prescribers in regards to um, providing incentives mm-hmm. for medication use. That's, that's less of an issue now than it used to be. Yeah, that's good. Um, so to kick us off, can you explain like what does Ozempic do and how does it work? Well, Ozempic is uh, designed to mimic a normal hormone that's produced in our body. Uh, it's a glucagon-like peptide. So when you eat, you release the GLP uh, hormone, and it stimulates the pancreas to release insulin. Mm-hmm. It also slows motility in the uh, GI tract so that uh, you know, people would, would, will feel satiated. And Ozempic is a synthetic form of this GLP. The, uh, what one, is the ludo- glucagon-like peptide. They okay. call it a GLP-1 receptor agonist. So a lot of times you'll see these this class of medicine just as a GLP-1 RA, mm-hmm. receptor agonist. And um, the synthetic form is longer acting. Mm-hmm than the natural hormone that's released. And so its effect is longer lasting when it's administered uh, in, in, the, uh, in the form that it's produced as Ozempic. So the natural, so everybody in their bodies has the GLP. Correct. And the GLP helps make your body full when you're eating? It helps uh, slow motility, make you feel full, and it also stimulates insulin release from the pancreas. And then what Ozempic is, is it's a synthetic GLP. 1RA, which is it stands for the receptor um, agonist, meaning 
that when it binds to that receptor, it stimulates uh, its effect. So it works better than your natural GLP? It works a lot better. Mm, Okay, cool. So it's like a booster kind of like if you have like, so we've all got our GLPs that when we eat, it makes us full. And then if we take Ozempic, the synthetic GLP AR 1RA. 1RA. <laughs> that acts as kind of like a booster and makes you even fuller. Right. It's it's like uh, the um, the natural one on steroids. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. So like an extra like shot of espresso kind of just like adding a little bit more. So then when you get more full, you get less hungry. So the whole premise of Ozempic is that your appetite is suppressed. So that's part of it. The, the, the major role was to... Uh, boost uh, insulin uh, production and keep blood sugars down. Okay. So, so the the yeah. secondary fullness, uh, I don't think was initially uh, thought to be as robust mm. a effect yeah. as it turned out to be. So that was kind of like an, a fortuitous event that when the makers of Ozempic, they thought that it was an insulin helping drug? Correct. And then surprise, surprise, that has this whole GLP thing going on. Well, there are other medicines in that class, mm-hmm. GLP um, receptor agonists, that ha- don't have the same effect on gut motility Yeah, as Ozempic does. Mm-hmm. So the main thing is the insulin part. And then can you just explain that one more time, The what the effects on insulin? It increases insulin uh, release by the pancreas. Okay. And so diabetic people need more insulin. Correct. So that's why, yeah. For type 2 diabetes. Mm -hmm. And then you have to be a little careful using this medicine in somebody who is also receiving insulin therapy because you can then create a low blood sugar um, consequence with using Ozempic in combination with exogenous insulin. Yeah. So someone that is type 2 diabetic needs more insulin? Well, their, their insulin, you know, it's interesting because type 2, everyone thinks of diabetes as not having enough insulin. Mm-hmm. I don't have enough insulin, my blood sugar goes up. Well, in type 2 diabetes, you actually often have elevated insulin levels oh, okay. because your insulin receptors are, are down-regulated, so to speak. Yeah. And so you don't respond to the insulin. So there are other medicines uh, that, like metformin, is a is a medicine that a lot of people have heard of that you can use in conjunction with a medicine like Ozempic mm-hmm. um, to increase the sensitivity of the insulin of the insulin receptors, and then the Ozempic effect of uh, you know allowing more insulin uh, to be out there and increasing the sensitivity of the uh, receptors so that they respond to insulin. Yeah. So type 2 diabetes is too much insulin? Type 2 diabetes, they actually have high insulin levels. And type 1 diabetes is not enough insulin. You don't make insulin. So the way I remember it is type 1 diabetes is what Nick Jonas has. And you you don't know who the Jonas brothers are. (laughs) I know we talked about them last night because I told you this. Um, But the youngest brother of the Jonas brothers, he... Like it was this whole thing. He like came out as having like type one diabetes. And like when I was a kid, I was like, oh my God, like he's going to die. Um, but that's the kind that you're born with. 
Correct. You're not necessarily born with it. Type 1 diabetes is uh, an autoimmune disease mm-hmm. where your insulin cells in the pancreas get destroyed so you don't make insulin. Yeah. And so you, you, don't, have the, you don't have the presence of insulin. So you need, that's where you have to have insulin shots uh, to uh, replace what you're not making. Yeah. In type 2 diabetes, you have insulin, you just don't respond to it. Yeah. Okay, this is all making sense now. And so with Ozempic being targeted for people with type 2 diabetes, if that's the, would you say that is like the ideal candidate for Ozempic? <clears throat> Correct. Yeah. Uh, generally, uh, type 2 diabetics are going to be overweight. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the physiology of the development of the metabolic syndrome associated with type 2 diabetes. Um, and so... Uh, those, uh, you know, the, the overweight type 2 diabetics are just, you know, ideal candidates for this type of medication. Yeah. Um, so when you say overweight, what do you, and I know that there's people still debate like the BMI chart and that some doctors say that it's still a good indicator. Some doctors don't like, would you say that the BMI chart would be an indication of being overweight? You know, there, it's a tool. Yeah. And there are there are going to be deficiencies in any particular tool that you're going to, you know, use to try to define uh, weight statistics. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty effective uh, measurement. Yeah. Um, you know, we we never want to fat shame anybody, and mm-hmm. so you've got the BMI as kind of a measurement, like blood pressure is a measurement. Uh, to to guide you in your recommendations. Yeah. Clearly, there are people who are very muscular or have big, you know, kind of, you know, big bone structure, and the BMI is going to not adequately define their uh, obesity scale, so to yeah. speak. That makes sense. So with Ozempic being geared towards people with type 2 diabetes, what were, are the effects on someone that doesn't have type 2 diabetes but is taking Ozempic? So the, the, the big effect of Ozempic is going to be on the digestive tract. Mm-hmm. And patients who take or individuals who take Ozempic are going to have slowed gastric emptying. So that you eat and it just sits in your stomach. Yeah. You have slow bowel motility. So the small intestines motility slows down. The colon motility slows down. And so you just feel full all the time. Mm. So you're, you're, um, the, the patients, people who take Ozempic will tell you that their craving for food is markedly reduced. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Are there any, like, what are the negative side effects? I mean, those sound negative enough to me. Oh, listen, there, there are people who will take a single dose of Ozempic and throw up for a week. Really? And There's, it is a weekly shot, correct? Correct. Yeah. Um, so that there are individuals who just cannot tolerate the medication. Really? They'll take a single dose or they'll try to, you know, if you stay on it, you're supposed to get some adaptation to the side effects. Uh, but there are a, a I don't know the exact percentage of patients, but it's significant 
I'll throw out 10% at least that just absolutely can't take the medicine because of the side effects. Is there anything that would predispose someone to having a negative experience with Ozempic or is it just kind of random? Well, I think if someone has a disordered bowel motility to begin with, that's going to be a, uh, an issue to yeah. go on that type of medication, yes. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so some people are dubbing Ozempic as like a miracle drug. Would you, in your 35 years of practice, would you say that this is a miracle drug? It's pretty impressive. I will say that it's, um, again, you know, we'll have more clinical trials uh, perform to look at its effect on on weight loss mm-hmm. specifically and what group of people are going to benefit from it. Um, it's a uh, it's a very uh, fascinating medicine from my standpoint. Yeah. So you've been doing this for thirty five years and. What other, what makes this so special? I mean, haven't you seen like other weight loss drugs? Like why is this so much better? Well, you look at some of the uh, weight loss drugs that are, are you know, they're, they're kind of like um, amphetamine-like yeah. medications. And so they're going to have the side effects of elevating your blood pressure, um, you know, making your heart go a little faster. Uh, they have addiction mm-hmm. um, um, qualities to them. Uh, so that they're not good long-term treatment options. I think we're trying to figure out where the Ozempic or the other form of Ozempic, the, um, uh, why, I'm blinking on the name, Wagomi. Wagovi. Wagovi, which is for weight loss. It's the same medicine, but it's named differently for weight loss. You know, how long are you on it? Uh, yeah. Can you come off it, et cetera, et cetera. Wait, so Ozempic and Wegovy are the same? Yeah. Oh, my God. I did not know that. And I know that Ozempic is FDA approved for diabetes, not FDA approved for weight loss, but Wegovy is FDA approved for weight loss. Correct. And it's my understanding, they're really the same medicine. Are they both manufactured by Novo Nordisk? Yes. Okay. So if someone, so what about Wegovy then? So if that, if, I were to take Wegovy and I'm normal size, like all my BMI always comes back as like normal. I'm like proportionate. What do you think would happen if I took it? You would lose weight. So why shouldn't I take it? Because you don't need it. (laughs) So then what would be the negative effects of me taking it? Malnutrition. Oh, okay. So do you think that the people... um, and we, we all know that there are people, celebrities out there who are normal sized, proportionate, healthy, who are doing these weight loss drugs and they are getting thinner. They will face the side effects of malnutrition. If they stay on it long enough, yes. Because they're not eating a normal amount of food. Correct. Hmm. And so you'll ultimately end up with some muscle wasting. You'll start using your uh, you know, your body to maintain the uh, uh, calories that you need for metabolism of your daily activities. Yeah. So it's sort of like, it's really just developing an eating disorder, but without the mental side of that, really? Well, the fact that you're taking it, I would argue that there is a mental (laughs) component to it. Okay, that is a fair (laughs) point. Um, But if someone that is 
already engaging in normal eating habits is taking way goofy and then they're just eating less and less and less your body would respond the same way as someone with like anorexia that would that do. is correct okay that makes sense and then that could also lead to like hair loss and other ways that your body will cope to being malnourished that is correct interesting so i know that in the grand scheme of like medicine, these things take decades for scientists and doctors to fully understand the effects and everything. Would you say that Ozempic slash Wigovi is still in like the baby phase? Like we still don't know enough about it? Or at, at one, what point do you think we'll get to the point where we know as much as there is to know about it? Well, I think we have a pretty good idea of its effect on diabetic patients, on obese diabetic patients. Its use in the general population um, is uh, not well studied mm -hmm. for people who are uh, perhaps overweight but not obese who want to yeah. use it just as a jump start to weight loss. Uh, we are doing clinical trials, as I mentioned, in fatty liver disease, and it has been shown to benefit uh, individuals with uh, fatty liver disease, yeah, predominantly through its its weight loss effect. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that makes sense. So the jury is still out on people who are of, I hate saying normal, but like of average, I guess I should say, body size. The jury is still out on those people who aren't really in the ideal candidate taking it. Well, it's an expensive medicine. Oh, okay. It's, Let's talk money. It's uh, it's very expensive. Um, you know, you're talking. I, I, you know, I have to look at the cost, but I'm I'm telling you, it's thousands of dollars a month. Out of pocket. Out of pocket. Does insurance cover it? Oh, insurance covers it if you if you fit the criteria for prescribing. Got it. And then again, there are other GLP one receptor agonists that are out there mm -hmm. that don't have quite the effect of appetite suppressant okay um that are less expensive that the insurance companies want individuals to use over rosempic because it costs the system less yeah so um that <clears throat> and, and there are individuals who have been on Ozempic, have had a good response to Ozempic, their insurance changes, they have to go on another medication, mm -hmm. the, they start gaining the weight back, they don't have the same diabetic control, Yeah, and you know they, they really do better on Ozempic versus some of these other class of medications. Yeah. So going back to just the, the non-diabetic, the weight loss as the um, driving um, diagnosis for treatment, I think you would want to reserve this medication for patients who are, you know, have medical consequences to their obesity mm -hmm. um, rather than just a cosmetic desire to yeah. drop weight. Yeah, that's a lot of the controversy right now is that people are like accusing influencers and celebrities of taking the drug and hiding it and being facetious or not facetious but being dishonest about like how they're getting so thin so quickly so are you personally seeing a shortage of ozempic because that's kind of what everyone's talking about and where people are pointing fingers to yes the answer it's a short answer is yes so there it's becoming difficult for individuals who need the medication on a medical basis 
to get the medication from the pharmacies because there's a shortage. Mm, wow, that is really tough. So what happens? So what happens to your patients then? Do they tell you this, or do the pharmacies tell you this, or how do you find out? Uh, the pharmacist said we can't get it, mm. and then you have to go to different pharmacies to try to find it. Yeah. Uh, some insurance companies require you to use a, a given pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So if they can't get it, you can't get it. Yeah, that is really hard. So going back to your point earlier, when you get off of Ozempic, you gain or reports say that it's very, very hard to keep the weight off. In my uh, experience, individuals who have lost weight with the use of Ozempic gain it back when they come off the medication. And why is that? They're set, they're, you know, they're uh, craving for food returns, their yeah. gut motility goes back to normal, and they just go back to their previous eating habits. Yeah. So could someone theoretically stay on Ozempic their whole entire life? Yes, theoretically, yes. And yeah. I'm sure there are, there are diabetics who've used it long, you know, or been on it for uh, a number of years. Yeah. Do you think that the shortage will get better? Because now with so many people on it, so many people need to take it for the rest of their lives, or at least the diabetic ones. Uh, I, I, there, I think that production is sufficient to treat the individuals who the medicine has been approved mm-hmm. for therapy. It's the additional usage that's driving the shortage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess will the pharmaceutical increase its production to meet supply? Um, time will tell. Yeah. Okay. So what are there? So there's a lot of like rumors surrounding Ozempic. Ozempic is such a hot button topic right now. Like even celebrities that are just, you know, people fluctuate in their weight. It happens all the time. But any celebrity that, like, looks thin in a picture, the comments are Ozempic, 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 Ozempic. And people are always talking about these crazy conspiracies. One of them is about getting thyroid tumors from Ozempic. Have you seen that? I've not personally seen it. Again, um, as, as a hepatologist, um, we only do clinical trials. So the number of patients I have on it are mm-hmm. fairly limited. Um, and so I, I, I can't really comment on what the incidence of thyroid disorders are. So how many Ozempic or how much Ozempic do you prescribe? Do you think, and I don't know how to frame this question or could you at least tell me something about like the rise in popularity? I personally don't prescribe it. Okay. The diabetics, uh, the di- uh, diabetologists prescribe it. And, and I know there are primary care physicians who are prescribing it for weight loss. Mm-hmm. Um, I use it in our clinical trials, but it's, again, it's, it, we don't know who's getting it, who's not getting it. It's all blinded. Yeah. Uh, so that we are running placebo based trials to see if it's going to help. Um, the second part of your question is, about like the timing and popularity if it became fda approved in 2017 and now it's 2023 are you seeing more and more of it oh absolutely and i have people asking me for it okay so that was my other question is um i know that you don't prescribe it but do you recommend it or do you hear about it more? i i 
strongly feel that behavioral modification is a primary goal of therapy over pharmaceutical therapy. Mm -hmm. That modifying your diet, increasing your activity level uh, should be the initial goal of of weight loss, of of, 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 of treatment. Clearly, there's a group of people, you know, they may have arthritic symptoms that prevent them from being able to be active. Um, Their metabolism is so slow, uh, they just can't gain, get weight loss, even with, you know, trying strict diets. Yeah. And I think that that's, that this is a very effective medication for that group. I do, again, I do see that when you come off the medicine, the weight comes back. Yeah. So it is probably going to, you know, be a, a kind of a long-term therapy for so, those yeah. individuals. Yeah, so you better either hope that you can stay on it forever or really develop some ways to eat healthy and exercise. So if you can lose the weight and gain motility, mo- mobility, um, and be able to, you know, exercise and change your eating habits, you could come off the medication and not gain weight. Yeah. What we generally see, though, is when patients come off the medication, they just go back to what they were doing Because beforehand. that's what they know. Yeah. That's what they know. And yeah. the, the, uh, the rest is history. Yeah. So like kind of last question, wrapping things up. Um, and I know there's no like blanket way to say this, but my friends and I are all in our mid twenties and we don't have, we're shedding that youthful metabolism. Do you have any sort of like rule of thumb or like recommendations just for people to just stay active? A lot of us work from home. Not all of us have a ton of disposable income for nice gyms. Like what kind of recommendations do you have for just living a healthy life? Gosh, it is as easy as opening your front door and going for a walk. Mm-hmm. And there are studies that come out every single year, like something new, that people who walk live 10 years longer than people who don't. Yeah. So you don't have to join a gym and you don't have to get crazy, uh, but you do have to get those steps in. Yeah. And uh, clearly, the more aerobic activity you're able to engage in, the bigger benefit you'll get. But it is as simple as just getting out and walking every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am definitely a really big walker. I walk every day during lunch for 30 minutes. Um, it helped me during COVID. I was walking like so much. And I was just throwing a podcast. Might I recommend literally heinous to everybody? Uh, okay, well, thank you so much, Michael, for all your insight. This was super helpful. Is there anything else you want people to know about Ozempic or about anything else staying fit? Um I think that, you know, you have to get on a daily routine. Um, I would say that, you know, a daily uh, practice of, of, you know, just making sure that you're, you're eating healthy, that you're, you know, getting your, your steps in uh, is not only going to benefit you from a physical standpoint, but it's going to benefit you mentally. You're going to be more sharp. You're going to feel better. Uh, and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This was super insightful. Cool. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for having me.